This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity in Houston, Texas, a Reformed Episcopal parish of the Anglican Church in North America. Please join us on Sundays for worship at 9, 11, and 5, and visit us online at holytrinityrec.org. Please enjoy the sermon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? This insulting remark about David in response to his request for provisions was another of the many hardships he endured. To this point in time, as we've been reading in 1 Samuel, all the troubles leveled at David were coming from Saul. Now, the troubles come from a stranger, someone that David's men had helped on occasion before. With Samuel's death at the start of this chapter that we read this morning, David continued to experience loneliness, destitution. On top of all of this, David is slapped with an insult. For us, we can learn much from the circumstances of David and walking in the faith. We can look to all the apostles and chiefly to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to see that the roads they traveled were not easy, full of the harshness and cruelty of humanity towards them. Jesus, as we know, ultimately took the very worst humanity could level against him upon himself, even of the insults that were leveled against him at the cross. This morning, let us reflect on our need to stay connected with the means of grace that we all have in Jesus Christ to endure the slights like David received and endured with a mindset of continuing in his grace, in his mercy, and his love to all we encounter. The first part of our lesson today in verse 1 states, Now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned for him, and they buried him in his house at Ramah. David's chief advocate in the land of Israel had died. The last judge of Israel was now gone leaving David to continue on in the strength of God alone to endure through the time that God deemed right before Saul was removed. Losing someone very close to us, especially a person that has been a supporter of us in the Lord, is extremely hard to bear. It was no different here for David. When going through rough times as David and we all endure in our life of faith, it's important we go through everything, especially when losing someone close to us in the faith, that we go through it grounded and rooted in the love of Jesus Christ, connected to his body. It is important when losing someone as David did so, that we do so through our worship, through prayer and patience. Losing someone important to us challenges us to continue steadfast in our faith. Next, in the last part of verse 1 through verses, verse 8 of our lesson today, we read that David went down into the wilderness of Paran. He continued his life on the run, so to speak, from Saul. He continued to take caution. 
David then sent, as we read, ten of his young men as messengers to a wealthy and important man for provisions, Nabal. This man was described in the following manner at the, verse, at the end of verse 3. But the man was harsh and badly behaved. David's men had helped Nabal's shepherds at various times in the past, never causing harm. David thought that maybe his men could receive a little back from Nabal. By sending a mere ten people, David was not asking for Nabal to provide for all of his men, but just a mere portion. David, the beginning of this passage, is hoping for the best, sending his men, as we read, in peace. Verses 9 through 13 contains the answer of Nabal to David's men, and David's initial reply or response to Nabal's insult. As we read in verse 13, And David said to his men, Every man strap on his sword. And David as well strapped on his sword and took 400 of his 600 men to deal a harsh blow to Nabal. For David, these harsh and belittling words of Nabal about him felt like he was being kicked when he was already down on the run from Saul having just experienced the loss of Samuel the prophet. David's initial response or reaction of vengeance is normal for us from our fallen nature, with the propensity to act out of pride to people that mistreat us, whether in their words or in their deeds. Had Nabal simply said he would not help, leaving out the insults, David might have had a different reply. Yet this insult pushed him over the edge, so to speak, as it can in our circumstances when we're dealing with harsh parts of life. David was being pushed around, as we've been reading in this book, by Saul constantly. Yet David, out of obedience to God, did not retaliate against Saul. But here, though, chapter 25, with a stranger, with Nabal, The floodgates, so to speak, of David's sinful rage and hurt pride are unleashed. How do we as Christians respond when we are insulted? When we're cast down verbally by others? In a world around us, the default response is as David initially exhibited. That's where we all want to go. Increasingly in our instant communication age, Insults are flung about at an alarming rate. In these rates, the temptations upon us as Christians to reply sinfully are overwhelming. We can only withstand such by the gracious help of God through prayer. Holy Scripture moves us to a much different direction when we experience the insults of others. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 16 gives us this bit of This bit of wisdom from God. The vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. David, in our passage, acted the part of a fool immediately, not as a prudent man. As a man of war, it was easy for David to resort to force to respond to this insult. It's easy when we have the means readily at our hands to lash back at those that insult us. For David, this meant to strike with the sword, to put the person that abused him verbally 
to death. For us, responding to insults often means striking back with insults of our own, and sometimes even worse, getting people fired from their jobs and so forth, as we see pagans doing to one another in our society all the time, simply over words and insults. We live in a time of prideful vengeance, where forgiveness is non-existent. Yet the way of the cross of Jesus Christ is to turn the other cheek. As Lamentations chapter 3 verse 30 states, prefiguring about what Jesus did for all of us, let him give his cheek to the one who strikes and let him be filled with insults. See, in our propensity to sin and to reply as this world replies to insults, we need God's help through Jesus Christ to reply as the prudent man, ignoring insults, giving them to our Lord in prayer. One of the many short replies that I think many of us came to admire about our late Bishop Royal Grote was how he once counseled several fellow bishops that were trying to figure out what to do with social media posts that were of an insulting nature to their office. He simply told them, ignore them. The same is true of all of us when we hit insults, whether with it's a person in person or with someone online. It's the way of Christ and must be asked for with urgent prayer. Further, the apostles were of the same mind when enduring insults by the enemies of the, cro- of the cross. Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We do not gain strength when we respond sinfully to insults. Rather, we turn more and more like this sinful world around us, and we no longer represent Jesus Christ and his ways. Rather, we run from them. We turn our backs upon them. In such behavior, we cease to obey the commandments of Jesus Christ to love one another, to love even our enemies, to pray even for our enemies. The more we resort to such behavior, the weaker and weaker we become in our sin. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14 states, If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Too often, even in the stands that we make for Christ and his gospel and the word of God in this world, we often respond to the insults of this world against God's law out of a personal nature, as if we were the ones that wrote the commandments of the Lord that we are following. In taking insults personally, we go the route of David initially towards Nabal, prepared for war. But this is not what we are called to as Christians. We endure all in the strength and defense of Jesus Christ that endured all we suffer and much more for our sakes. We no longer have to go the way of the wicked to respond to insults through taking such personally out of pride and vainglory. Rather, we take them by placing them at the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, responding instead with his love, with his patience, and with his forgiveness. 
Often in trying times, as David experienced, we too will undergo stress and temptations, challenging our resolve to be obedient to Jesus Christ. In troubling periods, all sorts of extras will bombard us, attempting to pry us away from the ways of our Savior. The excuses are elaborate, often compelling, making us think we can stand alone, that we do not need Christ in his church, that we can stand alone against insults, reacting the way of this world. The rejection of God's help only leads us to misery. These times call us to cling to Christ, to cling to one another in his church in the faith of a child, knowing we are unable to obey as we ought, and that we must call upon the Lord in prayer for help to obey. The last part of our reading today contains the response of the wife of Nabal, Abigail. This response was precipitated by the intercession of one of Nabal's servants, telling Abigail in verses 14 through 17 of the kindness of David and his men and the protection that David and his men gave Nabal's herds and also of Nabal's horrid response to David's plea. The closing comments by the servant to Abigail is telling about Nabal. And he is such a worthless man that one cannot speak to him. David, in his initial response or reaction against Nabal to want to kill him, was moving towards placing blood on his hands and upon his head without a proper cause. Had David personally confronted this man, Nabal, it would have ended badly. As we see, Nabal would have not relented. This plea from their servant turns to verses 18 through 22 where Abigail responds with preparing provisions for David and she embarks to intercede on behalf of her husband. She, if you think about it, was on a rescue mission both for Nabal and for David. It was an act of mercy. Often when we face tough times and temptations as David faced to sin, We need fellow believers to intercede, to mediate, to plea with us with God's word through gentleness, through respect and love to implore us to stop what we are planning. Sometimes God does this with fellow believers when we are on our way to sin, as he prepared Abigail to do here in this chapter. We are called to listen to one another in the faith, even if we feel vindicated as we often do with the spirit of vengeance. The call, as we have seen, is to give insults that are leveled against us to our Lord Jesus Christ, to place them at his cross in prayer. We do such through taking this to the Lord by staying connected to his body, the church, in our prayers, in our worship, in his word, in his holy supper. Jesus sustains us by his word to help us grow in his love, to grow in his ways. Even when it looks bleak, He provides the sustenance we need that thwarts all attempts of this world to tempt us towards deadly foods of sinful wrath and sinful revenge. Yes, these worldly foods look appeasing at first. They may taste good, but they are not sustaining. The ease at which these foods are offered us should also be a warning sign that the consumption of sinful revenge as a poisonous food will eventually starve us 
Revenge only begets sin, misery, and death. Our Savior rejected all these temptations associated with insults, never giving in when he was fully capable of turning these insults or trading these insults with a sword as David was headed to do against Nabal. We need each other in the church to temper our tendencies, especially when already down and out, to react harshly. Unfortunately, as we all know, especially in our day and age, insults are a part of life, a part of living in a sinful world. Responding to such with sin is another way of simply taking matters into our own hands. It is another way of saying, I am God. Our lives, though, as we all know, are in the hands of Almighty God. We must resist all temptations towards self-rule. We all know that we cannot resist these temptations on our own. We all know we must ask God's help and his grace to turn the other cheek, to rise above through Jesus Christ, to offer instead in response to sinful insults, the sword of the word of God, with the gospel of peace, with our obedient love to present the gospel instead of sinful vengeance. Let us close with these words from our psalm this morning, verses 4 through 7. I say to the boastful, do not boast, and to the wicked, do not lift up your horn. Do not lift up your horn on high or speak with haughty neck. For not from the east or from the west and not from the wilderness comes lifting up, but it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. Amen.